Hey, Radio Horror fans and fans of this podcast, make sure you check out the Shaanxi Film Festival happening October 2nd through the 5th. That's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Worcester at Nick's Bar on 124 Milbury Street, as well as Southridge, Massachusetts. Skip Shea is a writer-director filmmaker who has a fantastic festival in honor of his late daughter. Skip Shea has an amazing selection of films from every genre of filmmaking. It's something for you to check out. The money from the Shaanxi Film Festival goes to a scholarship in honor of Skip's daughter. Check out more information on Facebook.com Shaanxi Film Fest or on the Shaanxi Film Fest website. This program is sponsored by Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. In the shadows you can hear the sound The rumble of a hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, terror of the way to go You also can't see if there's nowhere to go It's the creature Have you ever seen a vampire? No. Well, first of all, they're not romantic, all right? It's not like they're a bunch of fucking fags hopping around in rented formal wear and seducing everybody in sight with cheesy Euro trash accents, all right? Forget whatever you've seen in the movies. They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work. Garlic? Want to try garlic? You stand with garlic around your neck. One of these buggers will bend you fucking over and take a walk up your strata chocolata while he's sucking the blood out of your neck, all right? They don't sleep in coffins lying in taffeta. You want to kill one, you drive a wooden stake right through his fucking heart. Sunlight turns them into crispy critters. Hey, everybody, and we are back with the Supernatural Creature and Lore podcast. I'm Mel Heflin. And I am Dr. Chris. And we are back to talk about vampires. For this special Halloween episode, which we promised we would return to. And thank you, everybody, for checking out the podcast the last several months that we've been away. Thank you for the mix of reviews that we have on iTunes, which are good, bad, and ugly. Uh, we have 34 reviews on iTunes, and uh, they're uh, they're a mixed bag, let me tell you. People are like, you don't know what you're talking about, and fuck you, and it's not the way it is. And I'm like, you fucking idiots do know that we're talking about fictional characters. They're not talking about real things. I we are experts, yeah, but no. only about the fictional characters. Yeah, we're only we're, we're in the show. Not as, yeah, we're experts on fictional crap in real life. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for returning to, with us for Supernatural Creatures and Lore for this Halloween episode. There'll be two episodes that we're doing back to back. One of which is about vampires, and the next episode, which we'll actually be covering season 14's uh, Halloween episode. And we're also returning in time for the show to end, because Supernatural's ending this season. 15, season 15 uh, is the ending of Supernatural. Thank God the show is ending. 15 years. Stretched it out a bit there, didn't you? Dang, I would have watched them well into their 80s. I don't think that would ever be a concept whatsoever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you want to continue with uh, Supernatural-related stuff, 
I don't know what the boys are doing coming up because there is no word yet, and I guarantee that nothing will get announced about what these guys are doing post-Supernatural until the show ends. But Eric Kripke, speaking of the boys... I'm listening. The boys? The boys. The TV series, The Boys. Oh, I I haven't watched it. It's created by Eric Kripke based on the comic (gasps) book by Warren Ellis. Oh! <laughs> that went right over my head. <laughs> eee, crash. Show came to a crashing halt. Yeah, Eric Kripke uh, co-created the TV series based on the comic book. Excellent. Yeah, he's the showrunner. I wonder if Eric Kripke listens to our podcast. I doubt it. I like to think he does. I've tried to get Eric Kripke on my show for years since I started the show in 2007 when season at Supernatural was back in it's season It's just three. because he's too nervous. He's such a big fan of us. Right. <laughs> Maybe he'll cast you on The Boys or something and you'll get, like, murdered by a superhero or something. Yeah. I mean, it could happen. You just got to get it that could. agent. <laughs> the episode we're talking about tonight is Vampires. This is the second episode we've done about Vampires. And uh, Vampires and Supernatural have been around for a while. They've been in almost every season, as far as I'm aware. They're all over the place. They're all over the place. But Mel's going to give us the episode connected to the one we're talking about, because we're going to have a bunch of great information about Vampires. All right. The one we are talking about tonight is Fresh Blood, Supernatural episode season three, episode seven. Sam and Dean capture a vampire, played by Mercedes McNabb, who claims she does not know how she became one. Gordon, played by Sterling K. Brown, escapes from jail and goes after Sam. Its original air date was November 15, 2007, which feels like an eternity ago. Which is about a month after I started the Radio of Horror uh, show in Worcester. Wow. Now... When I said we're also going to be talking about real-life vampires and vampire hunters, um, is that there have been a series of crimes over the years that have been perpetrated by people who thought they were really vampires. So many. Vampire cults and and things like that. Uh, In fact, there was a movie uh, starring um, one of the actors that was on, uh, uh, what what was it, Uh, Charmed? I think, yeah. Um, But... uh, in general, most of these people are crazy and were caught and uh, sentenced to life in prison or psychiatric hospitals. But uh, and it, you know, not all people who think they're vampires actually go crazy and kill people and drink their blood. Um, long time ago at a convention, I met a very nice couple. No judgment here. No judgment from me. They got they met each other and got married at the convention over the same weekend and they actually cut carved the ring into each other's hand because they were vampires. I'm sure they had a blood ceremony of some kind. I'm not sure I was not there unfortunately. I would have uh, been very curious to see that. Growing up, I'm not going to get into a lot of the territory I covered previously on this podcast involving vampires. You can go check out that uh, that episode. But Mel, what was your first uh ex what was your first exposure to vampires? Ever? Yeah, um, like ever. In real life, what was your first exposure to vampires? And I'm talking like mostly the fictional vampires. Which, by the way, everything I was talking about not previously... Not the real ones? Hold, hold on. <laughs> everything I was talking about previously with uh, crazy vampire people, I'm referring to, of course, the psychotic serial killers that have been locked up, put away, and should never see the light of day. Ha! Ever again. 
Um, but there are cases like Mel described of vampirism in certain ways. In fact, I have a book here called Vampires in America Today, which Catherine Ramsland, which some people like or dislike or do not like, um, talks about like interviewing people in vampire culture today. Uh, it's a fascinating read, too. She actually wrote the Anne Rice uh, biography. Oh, okay. Yeah. But going back to my question, Mel, what was your first exposure to vampires? I, I would have to guess when I was little, me and my mom used to always watch uh, horror movies together. And uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. That came out in 1998. So how old would you be? 1998? Um, I would have been eight or nine. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I forgot I was a decade older than you. <laughs> so I saw that movie um, on Halloween. Yeah, on Hall- the, the day before Halloween. Halloween was on a Saturday, actually. On October 30th, uh, right where we are, right where we're recording right now here in Worcester, right down the street from me used to be a comic book gaming store called The Dragon's Lear. Mm-hmm. And um, I, for years in high school, always got to watch adults talk about and play, dress up in gothic wear, beautiful, busty, gothic women coming into the store, going into the back room to play Vampire the Masquerade. And I was like a pipsky, pipply-faced, braced teenager. Never would you be able to play with these adults. But I, I can't always, imagine what that would have done to me as a kid, I seeing that. <laughs> seeing uh, these uh, guys in, like, you know, like, black, and then these women, like, just gorgeous with their breast hanging out and everything and these corsets yeah i was like what is this and i saw these two women like interacting with each other and like being really friendly and talking about you know their characters and what they are their backstory and i'm just like fascinated i'm sitting there reading my spider-man comic book listening to this going what is this game i'm never going to be able to play with these people these people are like in their 20s or 30s however old they are you know and they're not going to want to play with some like kid from private school at the top of the hill which overlooks the whole town which is where i went to waynesboro virginia and I remember when I was finally an adult and I discovered this gaming store and they were having a vampire night the night before Halloween. And I was, you know, I, I signed up and I got to join and I went. Um, I just had an accident recently and my hand had to be bandaged up. I got to play as my character and interact with these people. And a couple of these people I got to know many, many years later, one of which I actually went to his wedding. Um, and then I'm Fortunately, I attended uh, one of the one of the people there. I uh, got to know very well. I still know today, Eric Fair, uh, and then one of the other people there, uh, also named Eric. I don't remember his last name. I got to attend his wedding years later when I was in a swords group, like sword fighting, like German yeah. sword fighting. Unfortunately, uh, several years later, after uh, some disconnect, his wife contacted me and told me he had died, so I attended Aww. his funeral. But uh, he was one of the first friends that I ever made there, and then one of the first friends I met in the gaming, uh, sorry, the, the sword uh, smith industry. Anyway, long story short, after the events of the night's gaming, which was like three or four hours, we all decided we were going to go to the movie theater and see John Carpenter's Vampires. Fabulous. But my first exposure to vampires probably came in the 80s from Lost Boys, Fright Night, or one of those. Or my mom having books, and the books that she would have were written by Anne Rice, Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. Which I first read when I was 10 years old and had no idea what the hell it was I was reading. Anne Rice is so difficult for me to read because she'll spend four pages describing the color of a curtain. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, no disrespect, but that's just uh, my opinion. 
So in the world of Supernatural, the only thing that can um, kill a vampire is by decapitation or the cult. Yes. Or uh, vamp tonight, human blood with DNA altered by a Leviathan can kill a vampire. Didn't sunlight do do something to them? No, they could walk around in sunlight. Vampires were immune to sunlight. They were normal in sunlight. And by the way, that actually comes from the original novel of Dracula. Vampire uh, Dracula could walk around in the daylight. Yes. Um, the vampires also on Supernatural didn't just have fangs. They had an entire upper and down rows of teeth. Yeah, they look entirely different teeth-wise. Now, in a previous episode, who played a vampire from a famous television series where she played a lesbian witch? No, I'm not sure. Uh, Suki? Lesbian yeah. witch. No? I don't know. Suki was a fairy. <laughs> uh, in season two, Lenore is played by um, the actress who played Tara from uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the lesbian witch uh, girlfriend of Willow. Oh, okay. Amber Benson, who has been on my show before. I um, I loved the Buffy movie so much that I couldn't get into the, the TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah, Amber Benson was a lesbian witch introduced in season four and then shot and killed in season six of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Gotcha. She would actually actually get engaged to the guy who shot and killed her from season six. <laughs> so I'm sure you covered before um, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, we we went over Dracula before, so we'll we'll skip over anything about Dracula. But uh, any other interesting? I, I just did want to throw there? out that my husband's been there to Van to Transylvania. Yes, to Vlad's castle itself. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Um, the vampire clan leader I referred to earlier was Roderick Farrell. Um, he believed himself to be a 500-year-old vampire from Visaga. Hmm. Sean Richard Sellers, also a teenage vampire, uh, voted by his high school classmates as the person most likely to become a vampire. Fair. All these people, by the way, are dead due to uh, execution or lethal injection or died in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, Richard Trenton Chase, the vampire of Sacramento... Uh, who was abused by his mother and kind of created a split personality, captured and killed small animals, and mixed their organs with Coca-Cola and drank it. Um, what was the name, Rod, that you were just talking about? Uh, Roderick Farrell. Yes. He, was he portrayed went in the by movie. the name The Sago. Yes, he, was, the he was in he the was movie Vampire Clan. Really? I, yeah, that was the movie, which you can still find on Amazon or eBay for like, Nothing. You know, it's not like a high-demand movie. It's out of print, but you can buy it for like a dollar or something. Apparently, he went crazy by playing Vampire the Masquerade, and he just took his role a little too seriously. I've heard that so often before. The one thing I couldn't find a lot of information on was Vampire Killers, because this, this is episode we have Gordon in it, who uh, was in a previous episode, uh, which I think we skipped over that previous episode to uh, include it into this one. But Gordon is a vampire hunter, that uh, mm, specifically same, vampires. Yes, and he's a psychopath too, uh, because they meet vampires that are not entirely bad people. They do. They do. Also, um, remember, they meet the the quote unquote vegan vampires or vegetarian vampires that survive yeah, off cattle. Right. The vegetarian vampires like the cars <laughs> in Twilight. If you also remember uh, the vampire uh, that Jody uh, adopted a girl who was uh, a vampire. Lore. She was. She worked for the vampires, and they fed on her to lure people back to the vampires' nest. She did. Yeah. And uh, 
they came back way later in like season 11 or something to uh she left they, they left one alive and they came back and and tried to kill her turned her boyfriend and everything um the alpha has been a character on supernatural in season 6 7 and 12 yeah, I don't know how much I care for that lore. Like, sure, it has to come from somewhere, but you would think that alphas are, like, so far underground, like Nosferatu-type thing. Like, you don't see those guys. Uh, played by Rick Worthy, and I met him at the Rhode Island Comic Con one year. Very cool. He's been in numerous... He's a, this is an actor who's been in a number of things, but that is the actor's name who plays the alpha on the show. Now, all of the vampires in Supernatural, I think, in Season 6 were revealed to come from Lilith. Like, she's the mother of all demons. Yes. I think, no, later on, um, was it Lilith or was it someone else that was the mother of all? I thought it was Lilith. Could have been. I've been rewatching the show on loop, so my brain is fried. <laughs> I like the first half of the episode, Live Free, Twy Hard, where, where uh, Dean's like, these aren't vampires, these are douchebags. Um, yeah. And I thought the idea of Dean becoming a vampire partially was cool, but the reasons behind it are horrible because he goes after Ben and Lisa, and also Sam wanted that to happen. He watches and lets it happen because this is soulless. Yeah, this is soulless Sam, and that that sucked. I'm sorry. That's just that whole soulless Sam plotline. I hated to death. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like uh, the beginning of the episode. I was like, yeah, there's going to be like sexy vampire Dean action. I was totally down, and then it just went a whole nother way. Um, the raid in uh, season twelve—that is a uh, Mary season episode—involves uh, the Men of Letters, British Men of Letters. I have uh, my most recent watching of them has not reached season twelve. Well, we're about to cover a season fourteen episode, so you better get caught up. But uh, back to my original question: Were you able to find any information about vampire killers in real life? Like people, not not vampire, not people who were vampires that kill people, but people who thought people were vampires and killed them. Oh, no, I didn't find anything specifically about that, but I did find that there were legitimate vampire killing kits sold uh, during, uh, there was some sort of, like, propaganda mass hysteria, and they were selling vampire killing kits, and I forget, I forget where, because I only read it briefly. In, um, and they actually have one in Ripley's. There's a book that I wish I had picked up at the used bookstore, but when I saw that the back cover said $10, but the inside cover said 40 I had to put it down. But there is a Rhode Island uh, History of Vampires uh, history book out there that talks about all these vampires from Rhode Island history, apparently. One of the most popular ones, and you can go to her gravesite and check it out, is Mercy Brown, who uh, died in 1892, or sorry, the incident t- took place in 1892, and... Um, is one of the most documented cases of uh, banishment of the undead. And a lot of her lore was uh, partially the inspiration for Bram Stoker to create Dracula. Wow. The fictitious Dracula, obviously. There is a vampire comic book series I follow very well, and I'm so happy that Scott Snyder, who has been writing nothing but Batman stories uh, the last few years, has announced that he is going back to it. But American Vampire is a great comic book about the first American vampire, who is this gunslinger, bank robber named uh, Skinner Sweets. And in it, uh, American vampires can walk in daylight, and during the full moon, their vampire powers are weakened and they can only be killed by a gold stake through the heart. Did you know that clinical, clinically 
vampirism. So if you think you're a vampire, there's an actual clinical name for it, and it's a, like a disease. Yeah, wasn't there an episode? Did you ever watch Castle? Uh, yeah, I've I've watched a couple episodes. It's called uh, Renfield Syndrome. Oh. There's an episode of Castle that deals with what you're about to talk about. Oh, that that was pretty much uh, the, the most that I uh, am going to touch on that, except apparently whenever you are anemic and you crave iron, which can be easily solved by cooking your food in a cast iron skillet mm-hmm. or um, something of the sort, but it causes people to crave blood, which can cause you to go into clinical vampirism, Renfield syndrome. Um, vampires are in. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I do want to mention that the Wikipedia uh, wiki fandom Supernatural lists every episode that vampires appear in, all the way through season fourteen. Wow. They're me- and the, and the, what episodes they happen to be mentioned in as well. Um, uh, like Scooby Natural, they they just happen to be mentioned in them. I actually just got a new Scooby Doo movie called The Music of the Vampire, and in oh. it, Shaggy gets bitten by a vampire, and the gang has to put a stop to it. Shaggy becomes everything. Yeah, he's been a werewolf. <laughs> he's been he's been everything. <laughs> I can't think of everything off the top of my head, but yeah, werewolf vampire. Um, he always gets the the short end of the stick. Uh, the character Lenore that we mentioned previously, her death uh, is caused, unfortunately, uh, by basically, like, kind of like suicide. Like, you know, you need to kill me. I can't stop. I was trying with, with animals, but it's not working. you got to kill me. And Castiel um, is the one who kills her. Blows her up. Uh, yeah, basically, you know, uses the guiding hand of an angel to do it. So whenever you think of vampire... Serial killers. I don't. I don't know if it's just me, but I seem to always think that these sort of horrible things only happen in America. Um, but that's definitely not the case. Sutomu Miyazaki is one of these vampire serial killers, and his he only lasted a year before he was caught. But it's it's unfortunate that he took to the blood of very young victims, his youngest victim being only four years old. Uh, I know. How sad is that? Do you know the story of the little girl in Let the Right One In? Yes. Okay. Do you know, have you, so you've read the book? No. Okay. You saw the movie then? Yes. Okay. So in the book, because they will never probably ever put this on screen, even though we do get a glimpse of something, do you remember the scene where she's changing after um, he doesn't invite her in and she starts hemorrhaging and then he yeah. invites her in and then she needs to change her clothes because she's covered in her own blood? He yeah. thinks, as any 12-year-old boy, you have a girl in your house, you're going to take a peek? Yeah. What is it that he sees? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. A mutilated vagina. Oh, my God. He sees four puncture wounds around her vagina. Um, it's a really quick shot. Again, this is Sweden, not the United States, and this is obviously probably not the actress in the movie that showed this because it was probably a piece of some type of yeah. prosthetic. Yeah, it usually is. Something she's wearing over her panties or underwear. In the novel, the girl is actually a boy, and her mother dated a vampire who killed her mother, his mother, and then ripped his penis off and then bit him in the wound. Wow. Cauterizing him and then turning him basically, like, essentially making him into a girl. 
I used to think movies involving children like that were fascinating only because, uh, you know, you're a little kid and you get to play pretend on camera and, you know, yeah, I, I love what I do. So I imagined it would be really fun for the kids, but now I can't even think about watching those sort of things. It just would traumatize me having a kid of my own, even though he does have fun working on the movies. Who does your son? Oh, yeah. He worked on a movie today. Oh, that's interesting. What does he do? <laughs> He's usually like the shopkeeps. You're, you're traveling or whatever, and you run across a shopkeeper to ask directions. <laughs> and they're holding a baby randomly. Or uh, so they need a baby in shot, and you just happen to have one because you birthed one. <laughs> yeah, we we put him everywhere in the movies. It's hilarious. Well, that brings <laughs> up a great point that we always like to get to here on this on this uh, podcast. We do. What movie was Mel Heflin in connected to the creature in question? I actually have two this time. But you played um, that. Okay, so how many times have you played a vampire? Let's start with that. Or been you know, victimized by a vampire? Extremely surprising. Only like twice. And were you the vampire? Yes, definitely. Okay, so go into detail about you being the vampire and then the other one where you were, I guess, the victim. So Carlos Duns Catherine. I played Sandra, a blind psychic vampire with only one fang because I was mutilated right. by vampire hunters. <laughs> right, 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 right. That is, um, that is, that's right. That is how I actually think we uh, met. I think it was in that, doing, not during, the, we weren't in that movie together, but it was because you did that movie, I learned about you. Yeah. That was about six years ago, I believe, 2012, 2013. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that was a a very interesting movie to work on because I had special effects makeup on over my eyes, and I couldn't see for like, gosh, it was like eight or nine hours that I was in completely blind makeup. I'd had to do a ton of of character studies on blind people because I needed to learn how to find my way around with this makeup on because I was going to be in a whole different state, like thousands of miles from home, with people I was just meeting. (laughs) It was way interesting. And I recently worked on a film with my husband and my baby. Uh, Dylan plays a baby vampire. (laughs) And I play the vampire queen. I'm actually pregnant, like way pregnant in this movie. It was hilarious. Um, You're not just pregnant. Act- You're way pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I was like uh, less than a month from giving birth, I think. And uh, an actress that I knew that was also working on it that I hadn't seen in a while, <laughs> she thought the belly was fake. <laughs> So just so just yeah, sorry about that. So there's just the two films. Um, have you done any movies where um, do you, is there is there is there is there any other vampire movies coming along? Surprising, you've only done like two films with vampires. So I know, and you're know, like the I vampire know. in both of them or something. You're you're not the victim, right? 
Yeah. Right. I'm a victim of a vampire hunter in Carlos Dunn's Catherine, but I survive. But you're but you're you're still a vampire. You're not the victim. I mean, it's not like the right. werewolf movie where you're like you're having sex with the werewolf or something. Right. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, that's surprising. Yeah, you gotta you gotta beef up that IMDb a little bit with more vampire movies. <laughs> I know. Where's all the vampire movies? Yeah, gotta get gotta get on top of it. Maybe it'll happen when you move to Japan. Yeah, very well could. Yeah, they like vampires over there. Yes, they do. Um, <coughs> for more information about vampires, uh, there are numerous vampire novels out there about real vampire crimes, real vampire history. Um, millions, millions. This is going to sound a little bit ridiculous, but once upon a time, uh, supermodel, Victoria's Secret, uh, Sports Illustrated, swimsuit supermodel, Tyra Banks had her own talk show. I don't know if it's still on. I don't think it is. But for her Halloween episode back in <coughs> excuse me, 2007, 2012, whenever she had a show, when she wasn't modeling, I think she did the show right after she was pregnant, so she didn't have to worry about getting glamored up too much um, in a like a skimpy outfit or you know bikini or, or un- underwear. She was a talk show host, and she had a Halloween episode with vampires on. I don't think I saw this one. I do remember watching some of her talk show. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it was that long ago. You can watch the entire episode on YouTube. It's cut up into four parts, but she interviews like these vampires that come on her show. Oh my gosh! It is bizarro, weird. I don't know if these people are legitimate. Um, I'm actually they probably not, are. Maybe I just it's like it's the Tyra Banks show, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't associate Tyra Banks, you know, Victoria's Secret supermodel Tyra Banks with vampires. Yeah. Um, Ellen, maybe. <laughs> I think Tyra more than Ellen, really. But coming up on the Dr. Chris Radio Horror Show, and I hope it's happening soon, we're going to have Father Sebastian on my show, who is the the head of Endless Nights, which is a vampire ball that happens around the country. Hmm. A, I, I think I've heard of this. He is a um, uh, proclaimed uh, vampire historian and expert. Interesting. I've met him at various events, but I don't know a lot about him, and I'm not going to do a lot of research ahead of time because I want to get get uh, who he is, and I'm going to do a little bit of research, but I want his who he is from his own words to me instead of just reading it online. Yeah. So um, that will be interesting and hopefully happening next weekend soon because Vampire Ball is coming up at the end of the month in Salem, Massachusetts which yeah, is the second one that's happened in Massachusetts, being co-hosted by Vamp Fangs, which is a little shop on Essex Street in Salem that uh, makes uh, custom vampire fangs as well as selling vampire merchandise. Hmm. And I went there with uh, Mr. Zeneca from the Dead TV podcast last May, and I'm going to be going there with my girlfriend coming up at the end of uh, this month. Excellent. Hmm. Speaking of a uh, historian of vampire culture... Um, if you uh, go online on Friday the 13th this week, and uh, sorry, if you can get online before October 10th, excuse me, because I don't know when this episode's posting, but it will be posted before October. Um, Somerville, uh, Porter Square Books, is going to have two vampire authors at their bookstore. One author wrote a book called Nosferatu, which is now a television series on AMC. 
You were telling me about that. Yes, starring Zachary Quinto as a vampire who, like, you know, abducts children to Candyland and Christmasland, and a kid, a girl who's trying to decide what she wants to do with her future, follows him. And then uh, the other author wrote some little novel called Salem's Lot. <laughs> I don't know much about it. It was made into a couple miniseries, one directed by Toby Hooper, the other one starring Rob Lowe. I don't think this author ever amounted to anything except for, you know, the highest grossing movie this opening week, this weekend, It Chapter 2, and he's got another movie coming out based on a work he did called Dr. Sleep. You know, that guy, he's nothing. Uh, Sounds familiar. Yeah. I think I've heard of that guy once. Yeah. Maybe? So he'll be in, <laughs> him and his son, Joe Hill, will be in uh, Porter Square Books October 10th, so... That is That'll it for this episode awesome. of Supernatural Creatures and Lore. We'd like to thank everyone for our returning episode. Don't forget, Heck we'll yeah. be back in a few weeks with another episode for Halloween dedicated to the 14th season episode of Halloween where Dean uh, has to fight his uh, childhood uh, slasher hero, which is made up for the show. It's not like Freddy or Jason or anything like that. Even though Warner Brothers owns Freddy or Jason, it's like, why the hell don't you stick that in an episode of Supernatural? Why don't right? you stick like oh a Bela Lugosi Dracula or Frankenstein? What the hell, people? Yeah, I How feel you on that. How hard is it to take a walk over to a Warner Brothers set, you know, office and be like, hey, I'm uh, from Supernatural, you know, show that's been on for 15 years. And we would like to use monsters in an upcoming episode, which they kind of did in a black and white episode in season four. They had that was a good episode, but, but I, I think they monsters. could do it again. Yeah, so... But uh, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. Be kind, or otherwise we don't care. Um, don't forget, we're talking about fictional things, people. We're not talking about stuff that's we real. We are experts on fictional crap. things. Yeah, fictional crap. Yeah. Uh, we get our information from websites like uh, Ranker.com and books written by people like Catherine Ramsland. There's so much information out there about lore and history and creatures and monsters and ghosts and goblins and spooks and everything else. So don't it's take not like we're reading like science fiction. Oh, not science fiction, but like nonfiction science works or anything. Also, the, uh, the description of the episode is pretty clear. These are based on the monsters that appear on the TV series Supernatural, and then we talk about their real-life counterparts as much as we can. If there's right. something we miss, leave a comment in the section below saying, hey, check this out. This is something that you missed, but I wanted to share it with you that you can go find this book this place or this thing that there. Just don't be an asshole in the comment section on iTunes because it's not going to get you anywhere. But we do appreciate everyone who has left a kind comment or feedback, and we'll be back soon with the next episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore. Thank you, everybody. Have a happy Halloween coming up. Thank you, guys. In the shadows you can hear the sound The rumble of all hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, terror of the wind go You also can't see